Okay, and we'll do the clap. Okay. One, two, three. My favorite part, by the way. You like the clap. I like the clap. Are, are we good on that clap? Yeah, I think Was we're that good. satisfying. Okay, good. This might be the world's first clap on, clap off podcast. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Would it? Be, it could be a good retro for those of us old enough to remember the to remember the clap on, the clap, clap off, on. which was a. I don't know anyone that had it, but it was supposedly you could clap your hand and it would turn a lamp on or off. Right? Wasn't it a lamp? Exactly. Yeah. I remember seeing the commercials for that on um, KPLR Channel 11 from St. Louis as, we were, as I was growing up on Cape Toronto. And I just uh, was in awe because I knew that if you had the ability to clap and turn your lamp on or off, that was a sign of ultimate sophistication, right? That you were <laughs> you were super fancy then. And I dreamed of the day of growing up where I could clap my lamps on and off. And now it, we have Alexa and all these things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so the, yeah, we are excellent. Well, uh, any games you revisited recently? Tell me about. Hey, well, Daniel. Daniel. Yes. Daniel, yes. Daniel. Have yes. you revisited any games recently? Yes. Should we? Should we? Were you? Um, were you trying to emphasize my name there? Should we? Should we introduce ourselves? I was ourselves? just trying. I was just being goofy. Okay. That's well. Yes. My name is Daniel. Hey, 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 hey! And, and like hey, you're talking to someone else. And hey, hey, Kevin, <laughs> hey. Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> what? Your, what, na- what, your, what? Your name is is Kevin. <laughs> should we should we welcome folks to to this? Yeah, really... welcome you. Yeah, welcome. So glad everybody here. Uh, this is episode three of Board Game Faith, where we explore the uh, intersection of board gaming and religion and spirituality and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, glad to be with you. Glad to be with you, Kevin, and glad to be with everybody who's listening. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Some of them will be listening in the future. Right, right. Which is weird. And and that's true. It could be in four years, and we're... Right? It's... This could be a memorial podcast. It could be. We could could both be. be gone. And it could be in four years. Everybody has a clap-on lamp, and they're and they're looking and they're listening to us now. They're saying, "What's the big deal? Everyone has a clap-on lamp in the future." Once our Martian overlords conquered us, they the first thing they did was distribute clap-on technology. That's really what gave them the technological edge. Was the clap-on the clap lamps. They didn't have to invade us. We were just so impressed. We right. just welcomed them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, um, so, and and I do want to just also say, uh, yes, happy belated birthday to you, Kevin. So you, you had you. A, you. a birthday this past week, yes. and and you were saying it sounds like it was like you had a good birthday. It was good. It was good. It felt normal. Good. Let's hope and pray that we can return to normalcy out of yeah. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have those signs of glimpses of of a of a life where COVID isn't the first thing one thinks about. 
walking Correct. outside their door. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I was going to ask you something. What was it? Forgot. Oh, right. Let me rewind. That's what right. board games have you revisited? Yes. I, I, I will share and I want to ask you too. And, and, and kudos, by the way, for this topic. I love this topic. Board games we have revisited recently. Why do, why do you love this topic? Well, you know, you and I were talking earlier um, and, you know, I think you brought up this, this idea that um, we can sometimes in the hobby get so excited about the new games that um, we forget about like the games you've had for us for with us for a while that are every bit as amazing as we were when we first got mm -hmm. them and kind of just encouragement to kind of help us um, not forget the games already in the collection and to and to to enjoy them and not to feel like we always have to go out and get the latest and greatest for yes games. yeah to beware the cult of the new yeah where you because yeah. we naturally are interested in something that's new and different and shiny like Ab birds or absolutely thing. well i love and, shiny and birds I <laughs> they're terrible predators though <laughs> They're terrifying when you see them. They're ter well, they're t well, they're terrible because you see them coming. That's true. That's true. They're That's just true. Sort of That's true. Blinking in the sun, but <laughs> you're right. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's so easy to fall in love with what's new, and and part of it is the. It seems like the board game community is so oriented around YouTube and promotions and and things because everyone's watching YouTube or reading. Yeah. Board Game Geek and that all of those while those are great resources, they tend to course they need something to talk about so they end up talking about the new games and getting everyone excited and um yeah yeah and and that it's fun it was we both have said the new games are terrific but, absolutely uh, yeah but it's uh at a certain point you're going to need another house because your <laughs> games have filled filled up your spaces right right and it's and the old games are amazing too yeah right right so the, the the game, the one game I have revisited recently that I want to share share, is uh, really a a, a, um, a very special one to my wife Kristen and me because it was one of the very first hobby board games we got after getting into this hobby, and um, and that is uh, Roll for the Galaxy. Huh. Uh, yeah, well, early on in this in this hobby. Um, I, we got Roll for the Galaxy, and we cracked that out again a couple weeks ago. And I was just reminded what a great game that is. Um, hmm. It's a it's a it's a really wonderful game. It's one of those games that you know it's a pretty steep learning curve. A lot of iconography you have to. Um, and and at first, you know, like a lot of games, the rules can seem a little fiddly. But um, but once you learn them, as is true for most games, you know it. it you see the logic in it and how the, and how it's played. And, um, I love, I actually, I really love that feeling uh -huh. of, of a game being very difficult to understand, except after a while it starts to just make sense. Yes. Yes. So I, I find that kind of a weird, once you break through that wall and you realize like, Oh, and then it becomes second nature right. because everything is this cohesive thing. You just had to get, through the 
Mm-hmm. You had to break that wall and get get to that point. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I have not yeah. played Roll for the Galaxy, but I know it is a classic, and a lot of games have borrowed some of its systems. Yeah, it's it really it really is wonderful. It has that action um, selection mechanism that I think it's um, that it and Race for the Galaxy shares that you know has gone on to things like um, well, most recently like terraform terraforming Mars, Ares mm-hmm. Expedition. Um, but, Meaning um, you can't take every action every time. Like you, you choose something and that determines what everyone can do. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you don't have freedom in terms of all your actions. Right. And sometimes in the game, if you're the one that chooses the action, you get an additional reward. That's not the case in Roll for the Galaxy, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's still that's right. So it's kind of this this there's a psychological element where you're trying to guess what the other actions are that the your the other players are going to pick. Because, you know, you, you would really like to take this action, but you'd also like to take this other action. And you, and you think, well, you know, is this other person going to pick this other action so I don't have to pick it, you know, so I can go right. with this. And, and trying to figure out your um, the mindset of the other players and where they're coming from. And I, I've never been good at that. I think yeah. just my own style, I, I like getting lost in a game. Yes. I, maybe yes. it's that narrative element that I like so much. So I will play and get excited about what I'm going to do and right. sort of forget to do the whole, well, what's Daniel going to do? Right, and right, that right. whole other level, I, if you remind me, I'll do it. But otherwise, I just get so excited. I'm just like the dog chasing the car. I'm just like, oh, fuck. I can't wait to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I'm exactly the same way. Kristen is much better um, at, yeah. at, at she'll, 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 know, she'll know what I'm going to pick, you know, and she'll then design her strategy around that. But me, I'm exactly the same as you. It's just, you know, oh, I want to I wanna pick yeah. this. And then I don't really think about what, what she picks. Plus, the other great element of the game is that it has, it has just a mountain full of dice. Just beautiful oh, that's... colored dice. More dice than a Hunt's can of petite diced tomatoes. It's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's a good... It's terrible. It's like, really? I've been working all week on that one. Oh. <laughs> that one... <laughs> I'm debating whether I, if I throw myself out of the second floor window, it will end me because that, that's, oh, but, blow. but it is, it, it is just, just, just beautiful, this beautiful mountain of uh, colorful dice. You can't fit a mountain of tomato, of dice in a, dice in a cat, 16 ounce, 15 kilo, what can, whatever that is. That's true. That's true. Back to our metric jokes. Well, I, I, I like, it gives a good international flair to our our listeners and we have we and we have listeners um we do from various yeah. parts of the world and we're so thankful for each of them um but yeah so that's that's my revisited game how about you what what's a game you've revisited recently we did break out pandemic it's maybe a month ago or so and mm-hmm. i haven't touched that in forever and it's still a great game but i don't know it's almost like it it doesn't call to me anymore mm. But I still want to keep it and I treasure the memories and I'll, I'm always up for playing it, but it's not, I don't know. It's kind of has a, occupies a weird space. Is it's it sort because, of nostalgic or something? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think playing Legacy has changed how you relate to the original Maybe pandemic, Maybe the Legacy was so much better. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it, it's hard to, it's hard to remember that the classic pandemic is great. And I think part of it is. Well, I mean, pandemic feels painful at this point because right. of COVID, but um, right, right. not really. I'm kidding, but but <laughs> it. I don't know. Pandemic 
was so innovative. I guess so many things have probably, there's so many other cooperative games. It's not quite as the singular type experience that it once was where right. it, it just, um, but it's still great. It's still fun. Yeah. Certainly has inspired a lot of, a lot of other games after it for sure. Right. Right. So we did that one. And I also have a copy of Circadian's first light, which is Garfield oh, games. I don't know anything about that. I, it had, it uses dice and worker. The dice are the worker placement, which maybe roll for the galaxy is doing something similar. Like what you roll is what you sort like of. If you roll a four, yeah. you're going to use that four to do something. Sort of, yeah. You 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 place it's special. It's custom dice, so it's like it's a symbol on each side of the dice, but of the die, but uh, but you use it to select actions. Yeah, yeah. So so what's the theme of? You're supposedly these different. Are you corporations? People? I don't know. You're you're different people on an alien planet and you're trying to sort of colonize it and you want to do the best job. So it ultimately you will interact with these alien races and try to impress them. But to do that, you've got to do an engine building, got to build up and do some stuff. I don't know. It's, it's a quirky game. And I think like race for the galaxy roll for the galaxy, the little bit, I guess I've seen you roll dice, but it's hidden and then you make your decision and reveal. Yeah, that's the same. So it's as got World a bit of that, and it's got a good solo mode, and uh, and it's not terribly expensive. It's it's a it's a cool game. Cool. So I, I actually am strangely obsessed with the Garfield games people because I only have two. Well, I have Circadians and I have Paladins of the Western Kingdom. It's the same okay. publisher, New Zealand. Yes. But uh, everything they do, it's not super expensive. It's small box, and the art's great. And That's Hadrian's wonderful. Wall. Hadrian's Wall is one of theirs. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, you really like Hadrian's Wall, don't I you? I really like Hadrian. And Dice Tower announced it as one of their games of the year. Not only solo game, but just game of the year, I Really? Believe. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I still, I'm still terrible at it, though. <laughs> like, I do not see how you get 95 points and follow the rules. Whoa. Is that the goal? Like, as, as an yeah, solo game? That's my personal game? goal. Okay. And then I get, okay. like, four. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad, but I'm just, I can't break like 73. Uh, and because it's a roll and write type experience, you just tear off the sheet and play it again. Just like one more game, one more game. Right, right, right. Uh, which is part of the joy of it. Yeah. That's that easy to set up and easy to put up. And yeah, that's good. And you said that was, um, you, you told me that was inspired in part by one of our favorite games, Fleet the Dice Game. Is that right? The yes. Fleet the Dice game. Yes, I think I read that. Partial inspiration for that. Cool. Mm-hmm. He wanted to recapture that. So I, I heard a bit of a podcast interview with the designer that is, uh, I think his name's Bobby Hill. Okay. And um, Bobby Bobby Hill, and he he said something funny. He said he, he can never remember stuff in terms of in a game. So everything is printed on the sheet just to remind you, and it's kind of hilarious because once you see it, you're like, yeah, it says twice per year, like. All, the little rules are every, every <laughs> and everything you do you mark down so you don't have to ask like what did I do like everything is notated everything is notated okay okay so uh, oh, let's... which again is great with modern technology that you can hear the board game designer discuss the game yeah could not have done that 20 years ago right right, right. maybe there's a magazine might have interviewed them if there's yeah. something like that but yeah um, 
yeah, there, you didn't have access to actually hear someone talk about it. It's really cool. That's, that's, and what's, what's the designer's name again? Danny? Uh, Bobby. Uh, Bobby Hill. Bobby Hill. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm going to type here. Let me confirm that before it goes to the future. Yeah, Bobby Hill. Okay, Bobby Hill. I probably remember that because our middle child is named Bobby. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Those are great selections. Yes. So we may have fed the cult of the new. I don't know. I I think. Maybe not. Maybe not. At least you can buy these used, probably. That's right. I th- I, th- I think those are, these are good revisited games. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, you went to uh, the East Coast recently, right? That's right. Yeah, I um, I attended a um, conference. It was the National Conference on the Value of Play, and uh, it was held. Uh, uh, at Clemson University, which is in Clemson, South Carolina, which for folks um, who may not know, uh, uh, South Carolina is on the kind of southeastern coast of the United States. And um, it was held April 3rd through the 5th. Um, it, 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 this has been a, a conference that's been happening for about 13 years now annually. Uh, but this was the first one in a couple years in person because they've been doing it virtual the last, the last couple years. Um, I, I think last episode when you asked me about it, I said, I, I thought maybe about a couple thousand people there. I was totally wrong. Uh, it's about 80 to a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's sponsored by the, the, uh, the U S play coalition and it brings together every year. Um, and this really, I think makes it unique as a conference. It brings together a, a wide range of professions. It's not just gathered around one profession, but um, but it brings together professions who share a common uh, value or appreciation for the importance of play. Mm-hmm. And so, it you know we had medical doctors there, we had um, park rangers. Um, that is really neat. It, it was neat, yeah. Parks and rec, which people. is one of the things we love about board games. It brings different people together. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, it was, and it, you know, and kindergarten teachers, after school program directors, mm-hmm. children's museum directors, um, and a Methodist um, pastor was there. A Methodist pastor. I was the only clergy, I think, um, which was fine. Which you know, everyone yeah. was just very. Um, I really didn't get people thinking that I was an odd duck or anything. I, you know, I, I think, which, <laughs> which was your sole mission in going. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but everyone was very gracious and, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, let's be honest, you know, when you find out someone's a pastor, uh, sometimes it can feel kind of odd, but, but they, uh, but, but everyone was very gracious and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't make me feel odd at all. Um, and everybody seemed to be Excellent. genuinely interested in this idea of, I, I, I had my board game faith business cards mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, and, um, kind of this elevator pitch that, so it's a podcast on the intersection of spirituality and gaming, um, and board game, board gaming specifically. And, uh, yeah, so it was just a, it was a really it was a really good experience. I hope to mm. go back again. 
I, mm-hmm. you, you might so you will go too. back again if it's yeah. that good. Yeah. yeah. Where's yeah. next year's? It's also it's at Clemson every year. Well, gosh, yeah. I should go because that's what did that's, that's like a three hour drive for me. Yeah, something. it would be great, Kevin. Actually, I, I I could see us maybe one even to see if we could maybe talk about something there maybe. But it was mm-hmm. it was um it was really good. Um, I can go in a little bit if you'd like into some of the themes of it. Um, but if I go in a different direction than you're interested in, let me know. Um, but the, you know, if, if there's one recurring theme to it all, I think it was the sense that play really is uh, essential to, essential to, to human life, to the human experience. And, um, and, you know, I guess for me, I, you know, I've talked about this before, you know, I, I connect, you know, play and games kind of seem like kind of two sides of the same coin for me. You know, it, it's, it's, so while the topic, you know, was not specifically on, on games, again, you know, I think we've, I've talked about this before, talked about this before that, you know, in so many, in so many languages, you know, games and play are just the verb and noun form of the same of the same word. Um, mm. You know, and that games are if we are playing, we are doing a game. You know, and mm. and if we are involved in a game, we are playing. You know, there there there's it's just the noun and noun and 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 a verb form of the same idea. Um, even if you think about you know like playing house or that's still, you know, playing a game of make-believe, you know, playing a game of pretend or, um, and, uh, and so this idea really came through a lot on the, the, um, the importance of play, the essential quality of play for human experience, both in terms of our, like from the scientific perspective, from our, from our evolution, um, uh, in terms of, um, becoming socialized and developing empathy, uh, mm. in, in terms of education, plays our first education, in terms of um, health and healing, we heard of something called um, the Global Healing Curriculum Project, which one of its founding core principles was on play. I, I should say, like, actually, they were like, I counted them up, there were 56 different workshops that you could attend. You could never attend all of them because like three or four of them were always happening at the same time. So I attended about 17 different workshops over the course mm-hmm. of these three days that I thought that I found interesting. Um and then because of this idea that play is so essential to human experience and human life, um, it, it, it also brought up this idea of becoming play advocates. Uh, and and I, I love that idea, you know, just the sense that one important cause to believe in and to, to advocate for is, is play, um, not just something, not just as something that's as you know secondary or extraneous to the human experience but but something that's really core to to what it means to be human and to advocate that and advocate for that for our you know for children something that came up was um you know here in the u.s um um there's some parts of the u.s where you know like recess is not required is is not a required part of of a child's day and they also you know, talk about some other areas where maybe recess is like ten minutes uh, per day, and they made the point that you know p- 
people in the prison system have more time outside scheduled per day, you know, to, mm. to, to, than, than our own children in, in some areas. And just, it, and just really seeing play as a basic human right. Um, Interesting. And advocating for that. Yeah. Um, so then that also got into topics of accessibility. Um, um, you know, what, what, what prevents people from participating in play in terms of accessibility issues. Um, um, there was a really good workshop called playing, playing while black, um, which talked about the um, experience of, especially of children um, who are African-American um, and some of the obstacles society often places on them for just just playing, you know, um, and yeah. So, anyways, we, and and all of those things, all of those things go into could, could go a lot more. Um, but um, well, let me just maybe just say one more, maybe one more thing, and then I'll I'll stop talking. But um, see if you have any thoughts or um, we. One of the persons there is a, a gentleman named Doctor Stuart Brown. I didn't know him before this, but apparently he really is kind of the the main guy for the pioneer for the scientific study, medical study of play in the, in at least in the U.S. People would run up to him and they'd have their they'd have selfies taken with him, um, and uh, you know, and it's interesting. He got in. He talked about how he got into the study of play, and it's it's this it's this really kind of backdoor way for, and I forget exactly why, but he was tasked with studying I mean it's a, it's a horrible subject but somebody who had committed um, uh, it, was, it was a mass murder kind of event down in Texas years ago and uh, and he was tasked with trying to understand why this person did this now, and I mean not that not that there's really, you know any rationale or reason for that ultimately Um but what he found was a profound um, um, absence of play in this person's life as a child. And, and then Dr. Brown went on to study other people um, who were convicted of similar crimes and found this kind of this recurring theme of just a deprivation of play as a child. And, and just so he became more and more interested in what, what role does play in, involve, uh, um, serve? In How are of, they... How are they deprived of play? Like they had to work or they were kind of left alone and they didn't know how to play? You know, I'm curious I, what that means. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's a good question. Um, I got the, I got the, the impression I got was a, kind of a home environment where children were just not allowed to be children, you know, um, for, for a variety of reasons. Um, Anyway, it was a very interesting study. And then I talked with my friend uh, Dave, um, who is the director of uh, the Center for Play and Exploration in Pittsburgh. And, uh, and, and, and he said, he was saying the same thing. He said, yeah, that, you know, the, he, he's also um, familiar with Dr. Brown's um, work and, and, and his findings in that. And so anyway, it's just, it was that and other, and other instances of just the importance of play for us developing as human beings and developing empathy and understanding 
and health, physical health. Um, that was brought up too, you know, just, um, and it's got me thinking about, you know, what are, what are ways even as in the board gaming community that we can promote, um, physical health sports. too. Okay. Yeah. Well, or even just, had, there were some sports there as well, right? There was some sports there. Yeah. Yeah. We had one night where we, um, learned about, um, tennis, um, structured in such a way that it's more accessible for persons in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a great, it was a great event. It was, it was, um, it was just nice to be in, in a group of people who kind of all share this seemingly mm-hmm. wild idea that, 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 that play makes life better. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. Play makes life better. <laughs> Gosh, that's so, marvelous. And, and adults, you know, adults. Um, uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. I, I find the bit about children in play fascinating because well, there's a couple of things. One is because of entertainment that's always available through Netflix, YouTube, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kids in some ways are not for, not able to play because it's easier to watch something. Mm-hmm. But then you've got Minecraft and Roblox, which mm-hmm. are so popular. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of a virtual play. Yes, yes. And Minecraft, especially, it's not really competitive. It's building. Right. Or it's making. So one of my kids is into making Minecraft videos where they, it's almost like a music video. So he's found music and what? then he's filmed, you know, he's created a Minecraft event and then, sort of timed it to the music and there's this whole culture of create so it's almost a weird artistic sort of vent or bent and then they'll, they'll get together and play on discord which is a you probably most people probably know it's like it's basically a well instant messenger <laughs> <in the> return, <laughs> right? right but uh they'll get and and get up with their friends and play minecraft together or something or something else and uh yeah so some of that is the virtual play but in school, as you hearing you talk about school, it so much of recess is kids just left on their own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If they get it, they're just supposed to maybe play in the park, or when they're younger, play in the park. Right. And it seems like some kind of structured play mm-hmm. would be helpful because, in my experience, kids don't they need that adult to sort of say, "We're going to play this." Mm-hmm. because they need someone to set the otherwise they can't decide mm-hmm. so my 11 year old will have a friend come over and they'll talk about playing a game and then they don't want to set it up like they don't there's no rudder right and right. on the boat type right. thing right and and so sometimes i think kids are glad to have someone say we're going to do this mm. yeah hopefully not in a dictatorial way but but just sort of saying, we're going to do this and this is what we're going to do. And then, then that gives them permission to join in. Right. It also right. makes me think of the weird bits of in school. The games you did play might be soccer or baseball and picking teams and kids not getting picked or right. Yes. Or some kids are better yes. than others, but that is part of play, the competition. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, why aren't they maybe playing board games for recess? Um, how do you provide some sort of structured play? That includes people, and it's not just free for all or kids walking around the park bored, right, 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 and and so all those are really interesting topics um, of trying to figure it out. I love I that. I love that. 
And I, I love of, that. Of what kids need. Because adults are a little more, I want to do this. Kids are not always able to verbalize or, or don't. Yeah, yeah. Or don't have the attention span to set up the game. True, true. Or they're just lazy and they just want me to do it. <laughs> My youngest is a master manipulator. <laughs> how, how old is he? 11. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He could, uh, he could basically get anybody to do anything just give him enough time uh, before you know it you're making him a homemade ice cream sundae you don't even know how it happened wow he sounds really talented yeah it's 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 uh yeah that's his x-men superpower that's a good superpower i guess and is he the one who's making the um the minecraft music videos he has yes i that's so cool yeah i'll send you the youtube channel so yeah thank you he can have five viewers but yeah that's kind of the stuff he's interested in that and the others have made some of those too minecraft is a really interesting example of that you're right i mean because it's on the one hand it's you're right it's like highly structured in a way i mean you're interacting with you know a a program you know you know zeros and ones but on the other hand it's this the zeros and ones allow for this kind of almost limitless creativity in terms Mm -hmm. of doing whatever you want to do yeah, it's a sandbox experience. Yeah, yeah. And then there's all these ways. I don't fully understand it, but evidently you can create all these skins. So mm-hmm. like variations of the game. And so mm-hmm. you can give it a zombie theme and you can have the character like zombies. And so people have created all these worlds. Really. Yeah, yeah. And then you visit other worlds. And and it's mostly kids doing this to kids, I think. Like, yeah. Have you, have you played any Minecraft? I did early on. I tried, and it, it, it had some neat stuff, but I got – there's a lot of rules. Yeah. Like yeah. if you want to mine for ore, you have to build this and build that. And and it's strange that I would think that I'd push my buttons, but I, somehow the – I think the screen and the setting, I it, it seems a little pointless. Yeah. I can, Despite yeah, the fact that if it was in cardboard, oh. <laughs> I would be enthralled. I'm yeah, like, this true. is this is exactly – we are on Mars right now. <laughs> And we have to do this, and, right, and right, it, the whole right. thing is absurd. But um, but I fall for it in a way that Minecraft. But it, I, I don't know. I don't know what the age range is on Minecraft. I suspect the passionate group are the tweens and others. Yeah, yeah. It certainly has had staying power for. It's been around for quite a while now, and everyone seems to just. It just its popularity does not seem to be waning, or or no, it doesn't. No, no, yeah. And and what my older son, fifteen, because I asked him about that, he said it is kind of the hackability of Minecraft. Is, yes, is what he said. Yeah. Versus yeah. some other things, there's ro- Roblox. Roblox. Yeah. Roblox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it has that hackability element yeah. to it. Yeah. 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 I know our, our our son, who's a computer science major in, in college. Yeah. I mean, he he's he's created all sorts of mods for Minecraft. Yes, and, mods. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Well, since it's since this is a spirituality religion um, podcast as well, I, I I thought I'd share maybe kind of the one theological moment or a theological moment I had from the conference as well. If, Excellent. If that's, which was it was during the keynote um, speech by a gentleman named Dr. Drew Lanham, who teaches at Clemson. And by the way, I, I, it seems like a really amazing human being. I. You, 
encourage folks to, if they're interested to, le- to learn more about the conference, but also learn more about Dr. Lanham. Um, but it was it occurred to me dur- during the presentation his presentation that, um, you know, if it's true that um, the word God is is a word that we use ultimately to kind of it's almost kind of a, a, a to talk about a reality that is bigger than what we can fully comprehend. Um, you know, there's that old quote, um, um, that's, you know, that says the word God is a, the word God itself is a metaphor, but just the sense, the sense of that, that, you know, that God is what we call this, this mystery that, our three pounds of gray matter can never fully understand. You know, if there is this, this creative force behind this universe, that's billions of light years across, you know, well, of course there's no way our little three pounds of gray matter could ever fully understand that. And so, uh, so God is, is how we talk about that. It's kind of a placeholder for this, this concept we can never fully get. Um, If it's true that, that there are different ways of kind of talking about these, these, these these mysteries then um it, it occurred to me at some point during his talk that I, I think the words grace and play are kind of getting at the same thing too um that you know if, if gr- they're both getting at this idea of kind of this unforced um this unforced acceptance this unforced um, space where folks don't have to prove anything, you know, or produce anything and can just be, you know. And um, so anyway, that, that was, that for me, that was kind of a, 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 a theological takeaway moment um, from the conference that I'd like to explore more. But this idea that I, I wonder whether grace and play are maybe two ways, two different ways of talking about the same, the same reality. Um, and if so, go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. No, no, you, you go ahead. I, I'm still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if so, I, I'm, I'm still percolating this. Yeah. That's fine. If so, then that makes games kind of a means of grace in a way it, that games are kind of a, a means of participating in this graceful moment where everybody is kind of welcome and accepted around a table and, and again they don't anyway it just it it, it 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 kind of helped me to think of games as some kind of means of grace and play as a as a graceful moment yeah uh gosh and that might be off about that. Left field. If we think yeah. of if we think of grace as pardon, as forgiveness, or as you know erasing a negative moral balance, mm-hmm. like almost like a checking checkbook, mm-hmm. we it can't. I don't think play is exactly that, unless it's right. like a child just coloring outside the lines or right, right. knocking a sandcastle over, and the sandcastle is your your sins or however you want to frame it. Right, but. But if we think of grace as against the backdrop of law, mm. then you're almost getting at the fact that play 
comes against the backdrop of the rules. Mm, like mm. there's the rules to the game, mm. but then they're enacted. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so if grace is sort of a graceful living, which is how do we play these rules in a way that creates something special? Yeah, yeah. And there may be winners or losers. And how do you even negotiate that reality? Ooh. Like you and I, let's say you and I have played a game four times and I've lost every time. <laughs> I don't think there is. You know, a how game, do we, but... <laughs> you know, and it's almost what you do with your kit, right? Do you let them win? Right. But then, right. And so there's these moral conundrums there. And I don't know how you deal with that exactly. But the fact that, that you know, in Martin Luther, mm-hmm. the great Protestant reformer, like he, and, and Paul in the New Testament, Apostle Paul, that the law is still true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just in a weird way that, so so the Old Testament, the law, all these things are still true, but they because of sin they create almost a allergic response to us. Like it they, they mm. create more sin. Mm. And so the need for grace to live right in the law. Um as I say that, I I'm better back up. I may be confused. I don't know how much I don't know enough about Luther to say, but Paul's trying to walk the line of Yeah. Grace is forgiveness, but the law is still Law and grace somehow say the same thing. Right, right. And along that line, somehow something's happening in within the magic circle and the rules that's not just the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can't get the grace without the law. Like, they're, they're two sides of one coin. Yeah, that is Luther. They're two sides of one coin, yeah, law and grace, yeah. in a weird way, right? That is good. That is good. Yeah, and, I and like that. I... And you can't live under law without some grace, but you don't have grace without law. I, like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know, but I'm not sure what grace is then. But it's a sort of a dynamic experience of something. Right, right. The parallel between, the, yeah, the rules of a game and law. That's that's cool. I hadn't thought about that. Well, I was trying to make sense. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, as you're saying that, I thought, well, then what what is grace if it is some kind of a play and there's a structure and and taking the creation story, Genesis 1, God creates with the structure. Right. 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 Day and night. And so there's this structuring element in which Adam and Eve can romp around naked with animals. <laughs> Keep an eye on the lion. He still might bite you. Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. I have to think about that, but I, I love, I love, I love that. You know, I, I think, for me, I think of grace... Well, you're helping me to kind of think through some other aspects of this, which I really appreciate. You know, I, I guess... I guess grace, I, I think of, you know, as kind of this kind of... This acceptance. But, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, an acceptance implies... There would Distance. be a reason why people think they wouldn't be accepted. Yeah, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, or some kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's tough. These uh, basic words like faith or grace or love, um, they're so inherently messy once you start trying to get specific, Yeah, which is the goal of theology in a lot of ways, but it, it does get complicated. Right, right, yeah. But that's, yeah, trying to, you know, what does this mean? It's a hard, hard to answer. Yep, yep. Well, I think you helped... To give me some more clarity on it. So thank mm. you. Right. 
I just hope I didn't get Luther wrong. There's going to be one random Luther scholar out of um, Sweden who's going to... Going to call you on it? Yeah, I'm going to get a tweet storm. (laughs) (laughs) You get tweet stormed. (laughs) That is not what Luther was saying. And it I'll sounds. Like, it sounds yeah, good to me. You're probably right. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's it's so hard. Like, there's things you know. There's things you've read and know, and there's things you know about and you haven't read, and it gets a little messy at times. Right. Right. It's like, oh yeah. Well, like Roll for the Galaxy. I know about that game. Right. But I don't actually know that game. Yeah. Yeah. I think many things in life is in the is in that latter category. For knowing me. about yeah, knowing about stuff. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, well, maybe that conference that sounds really cool, especially if it's it's um, it's not just board games, and it's not just publishers of board games trying to right, but sort of which is I mean I've never been to a board game convention, so it's it's got to be fun and great, but this is giving you not that ex- not that experience again of of the flashy new, but more of I guess a philosophical approach. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, games specifically, specifically board games were almost non-present there. There was one toy and game designer who was there who uh, was selling a game and um, that he designed and that actually I got to play it with him. It was really fun. Um, and I bought a copy. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, overall, it was it was just about kind of the, the philosophical and scientific underpinnings of play, you know, that, um, Mm -hmm. that make, that go into making games so meaningful and important to so many of us. Were there any wild receptions? Um, there, there was a social, was it it lit? (laughs) It was, it was, it was lit. And, uh, and furthermore, it was turnt. (laughs) What's that? I haven't heard that one. Turnt, 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 T-U-R-N-T. What's Which I understand mean? from the uh, the kids uh, is another way of saying lit. Turnt, it was lit uh, and turnt, and as uh, as Guy Fieri would say, off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, there were some social there there were some social events at night. Um, um, I went to a little bit of them. That's that's where I went to play the game with with the, the gentleman. But um, but then I also just went back to my room and played some solo board games too. So what'd you play? Um, I played, um, I played Agropolis, which is the sequel to Sprawlopolis. Sprawlopolis is one of my favorite solo board games. Interesting. Uh, it's a card game. It's one of those little button shy uh, eighteen. Yeah, I've decks. seen yeah, that. Yeah, talked about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was. It's amazing. And then what else did I play? Oh, Orchard, which is my most played game of all time. It's a solo only game, um, and uh, it's a fun game where you have a, a deck of eighteen cards that are different types of trees in an orchard, and you have to just uh, overlap them, splay them in different ways. And you put dice on top of where they overlap to indicate how many times they're overlapped and how much fruit they're producing. And uh, it's so a it's really a pu- f- kind of a puzzle game. It's a puzzle game, yeah. Like Sprawlopolis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And they're really small. You can pop them in your suitcase and mm-hmm. they're great. Yeah. 
I find hmm. if I don't play a game one game a day, I, I, I miss it. It, it. Even just like a little, and you know, for and for most of the time it turns out to be one of these little 10 to 15 minute, you know, solo games that Interesting, almost yeah. no setup time, you know, but it just, it's for me, that's kind of become how I unwind at the end of the day, you know, just. I think you're not alone and I, I miss it as well. I can go, right. I, I do kind of, although I find if I play a lot and I keep losing like at Hadrian's wall <laughs> or losing my expectations and I can get kind of grumpy, but sure. yeah, I do. There's, there is sort of this need to, I, I, I guess it's like turning on the television or something. It's, it's sort of a, it's a, it's a comforting friend that can help you unwind yeah, type yeah. thing. So, um, yeah. so yeah. everybody is different. Yeah. Some people maybe gardening or I don't know, riding their motorcycle. I don't have a motorcycle. It, no motorcycle. I've never ridden a motorcycle, but I guess they would feel sweet, sweet freedom if you're into it. Yes. I've ridden, I've ridden, I've ridden it once. I've ridden a motorcycle once. It was, it uh-huh. was, it was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. No, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a, de- a dear man, a pastor. I was doing a pastoral internship uh, in seminary and he was kind enough. It was very nice of him. He was kind enough to want, he, he, to offer me a ride on the back of his motorcycle. And so I, so I sat on the back and, and held on for dear life around his waist. And, and we went maybe, I don't know, two miles down the road. Um, but it was, it was, <laughs> It was bless bless those out there who like motorcycles, but it, for 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 me it was it was quite scary. Um, I think what what especially struck me was just how seeing the pavement go by, you know, at sixty miles per hour, and realizing that there was absolutely nothing between me and that pavement. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, just go limp, go Hope limp, bounce. Yeah, that's my approach to many things in life. Yeah, so. That's good. The fainting, do the fainting, uh, do, what, fainting sheep or fainting goats? Exactly, fainting exactly or, right. Just no one, no one will go. pay attention to you if you fainted. That's right. Exactly. The, the Which, martial I mean, overlords will pass over you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all for Darwin and evolution and everything, but, but explain to me how that evolved. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like know. Like if evolution's so great, why aren't my fingers webbed so I can swim faster? That's a good that's a good question. Or even your oh, feet, yeah. right? Like just yeah, think how yeah. awesome. Like you do we really need separated toes? Why don't why can't we have webbing? I want webbing now that you bring it up. Then we could I, give uh, the dolphins a rate uh, you know, real really show them who's boss. Dolphins. <laughs> we could so fly smart. past the dolphins laughing at them. That's right. That's right. Take, <laughs> With their webbed that. feet. Take Yay, Darwin. <laughs> Where's my feet? <laughs> anyway. <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> I just like making fun of science for uh, not giving me everything I want. It's just, that's all. Eventually. Well, it, you had a disappointing experience with a clap on lamp. Correct. Right. Yeah. 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 So next week. Yes. Next week. We're doing a book club. A book discussion. I'm so excited about this, Mm -hmm. Kevin. Yeah. Um, You were saying before we went, we started recording that, you know, this is something kind of unique. This is something unique that um, I really haven't seen in other podcasts that from, from time to time, we're going to be discussing a book. And if our listeners would like to read the book ahead of time and, uh, 
it's kind of preparation for the podcast, they're welcome to do that. We'd love to, and you could even like, you know, send us your thoughts on it, you know, uh, at our email at, at um, mm-hmm. boardgamefaith at gmail.com. But yes, so next week, or, or next Instagram. Next, yeah, or Instagram. Board Game Faith on Instagram. Yeah. Next podcast, we are talking about the book, um, The Grasshopper. Yeah, I shouldn't say next week, two weeks. Right, right, you're right. Right, I misspoke. It's called The Grasshopper, and mm-hmm. it's by a uh, philosopher. He passed away now, but his name is Bernard Suits. Um, like like a suit jacket, S U I T S, and the subtitle is "Games, Life, and Utopia." Games, Life, and Utopia: The Grasshopper, by Bernard Suits. And um, yeah. yeah, we we hope people will engage in the discussion. I have not read it. You have read it. Um, I'm going to be reading it. Uh, we're doing, I guess, chapter one. Um, what, what was the assigned reading? Oh, you know what, Professor? I, 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 you know, actually, I hadn't even thought about that. Um, we can, we can talk about that if you want to. I don't know. Um, well, how about we put that out there on social media? We'll say what what we're reading for next time. Right. If Just read some of it. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, we had mentioned beforehand. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a very thought provoking book. It's an unusual book. It's a very odd in some ways and that we probably should let folks know in, in some ways just just occasionally it ventures into what would probably be considered some r-rated categories and territory so if that's something you think you might have uh, um you, you might have some trouble with just just be aware of that going into it right um, just listen to us we won't this podcast is not r-rated but right right, right. for whatever reason and you've got me curious now but this book does venture into some potentially i don't know yeah just be forewarned yeah so if you decide yeah as you said we won't be talking about that in our podcast but if you decide to read it on your own just to be aware of that ahead of time Mm -hmm. very good very good we wish a happy ramadan or blessed ramadan to muslim friends out there and of course happy easter yes is coming up for us christian folks yep 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 some nice uh Holy Day moments for uh, for for a lot of a lot of us right now, um, mm-hmm. and Passover as well, I believe. Oh right, yes. yeah, yeah. Look at that, yeah. the Abrahamic religions. Yep, yep. Lining up, I love yep. it. So just show me where to park, right? That's We're right. all on it. <laughs> yep. Happy, happy, blessed, blessed days to uh, to all of our listeners. Yes, whatever, whatever yes. that might mean for you. We're grateful right. for each of you. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Dan. All right. Thanks a lot. I think we should clap off the uh, episode. We're going to clap off. You ready? Board Game Faith. Okay. One, two, three.